It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning in to Counterculture. I'm your host, Jonathan Sanborn. So as you know, counterculture is, is really about trying to be – how are we going to be different in, a, in counterculture but in the way that Jesus calls us to? How can, and so I look for the people around the, around the state, around the city, or even around the country, even around other, other parts of the world who are living counterculturally, building up peace, compassion, and culture. And so this is a unique – I think we've done about 80 shows and I just had one dickens of a time <laughs> trying to find who could be on my show. And I, and I wondered, it's like, Lord, you've, you've got someone for this show. But so I called the head of the studio and he goes, well, maybe you're, maybe you're the guest. And I thought, well, you know, I've actually never done a show where I'm just talking. And so this is going to be something a little different for, for this week and, um, and something different for me. So never done that before, but just really, I'm actually, I don't know if I call it interviewing myself. But really to talk uh, talk to you about what's what has God been doing in my life, and what's this what are what is the some core things that I think we, maybe we can talk we can think about and walk away with and and I looked at some big themes in my life, and the verse that kept coming to mind is seek first the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God if 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 you've been paying attention to this show really infuses everything about this show. The people who are on this show, really I call them kingdom-minded people, people who are thinking not just about themselves or even just their one thing, but really thinking big about what is what God wants to do in this world. The real practical people, people getting their hands dirty. And really it's a big theme and underlying theme about this entire show. So I'm going to start with a story. So uh, I don't know, I don't talk a lot about my life, but not, not that I, I'm afraid to, but uh, just I, I have such amazing guests. I talk about them, but I did a lot of traveling. And I lived overseas in a number of different countries, and so the first um, year uh, that I lived overseas, right after college in the '90s, I got to live in Russia. So I lived. I spent several years there. Um, so I was in. There was one evening I want to tell you about that I was in a, an apartment, and there was an, a few other Americans there, and it was in Siberia. And of course, it was cold. And coming from Los Angeles and Phoenix, just <laughs> cold was very <laughs> every day. It was like the coldest day I could ever experience. Open up your freezer, and <laughs> you're not even getting close to how cold it was. But uh, God had led me there, and it was such a great experience. Um, so, well, the reason we were having this discussion is that uh, in one of the cities in Siberia, a nuclear reactor had went on to cool down. They were shutting it down. And there was a potential of a radioactive leak, uh, kind of like Chernobyl. So in everyone's mind, we're thinking, is this the next Chernobyl? I mean, it was the same nuclear reactor design. And and so there was discussion of like, maybe we should go back to America while this, if it's dangerous. Uh, And so then we got into this discussion, like, is that a good idea? Is that what God wants us to do? when it's dangerous. And then then said, well, what if they tell you to go? Should we go? I go, well, what does that say to Russia 
that at the second there's danger, we take off, but they can't take off. You know, so what kind of attitude is that? And then this thing that just stuck with me said, "Well, would you t- would you give up your American passport to love the people in Russia?" And it's like, "Wow, that's an interesting question. What is my identity based on? Would I give up my Americanness? I mean, I, you know, I'm born here, raised, and pr- proud to be an American, but I had also fallen in love with the people of Russia, and I still love the Russian people." And and if God wanted me to stay, or if, if there was this, would I give up my American passport? And so it asked me the question: What's what? Are, what's more important to me, the, my na- my nation of America, or the kingdom of God? And it was came. It, and it was actually it was a very at that time it was a very real question. And I think that kingdom of God is there's a reason Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God," because it's central to. Uh, his teaching. We just can't separate Jesus from his kingdom. So I want to talk about the kingdom of God and maybe ask some of those hard questions of you and that that we can continue to ask of ourselves, what is preventing us from seeking first the kingdom of God? What are we seeking first? It's related to the show because we, again, we find kingdom people. We find those, we have those bonds that we have when, when you meet someone who's really about the kingdom. And that's different and because those people can be from another country. They can be from another political party, from another race or whatever. But kingdom people, there's a deep, deep bond when you have that with that kind of mindset. So first off, I need to give a definition. The kingdom of God has both a now and a not yet. There's a sense of it that it exists now, but it's also the sense that the kingdom of God is in the future. So the kingdom. Uh, I I was raised in a tradition that focused almost completely on the future. Get saved so you can go to heaven. Soul winning, you know, evangelism. That focus on the future kingdom. Um, but Jesus every day, always, and in, in, in his teaching, how to pray says, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So he's reminding us, even in in our regular prayers, to pray daily and regularly for the kingdom to come here, not just waiting for the kingdom there. And so there really is a present reality of the kingdom that's really important. So I think of the kingdom as the reign of the kingdom, the heart of the kingdom, and the way of the kingdom. And the reign of the kingdom is the we living out the will of God in every area of our life. So it's the that's what the kingdom is. It's Jesus is the king, and the, doing his will is the kingdom. And the, the heart is that the kingdom is, is primarily expressed in love. Love is its greatest expression of the kingdom of God, especially towards the most vulnerable. And again, we highlight on the show people who are walking with the poor, who are helping um, orphans, helping the homeless, really all in, in any way possible, the, the care for the most vulnerable, because that's really what Jesus modeled and what Jesus taught. Quite simply, we simply, it, you know, James one twenty seven says, you don't, you're, you don't even have a real religion <laughs> unless you're helping the widows and the orphans. And so the Bible's very clear that the love is our greatest expression. But, and the way of the kingdom, the, there's the reign, the heart, and the way. The way is the low road. I call it the low road. Basically, there's no way, there's no proud way to live out your faith. There's no proud way to do kingdom work. 
the the kingdom is a, is a low road. It's rooted in humility, and it's it's it it really is careful and means avoid pride. The kingdom finds its power in weakness, and is far more interested in serving than it is in dominating and ruling over. So, I mean, each all of those could be their own sermon, and I'm not here to give a sermon on on that. But really, it's just important that we understand what the kingdom is. And really, you can wrap that all up back in back on in Micah six eight. He is really the ethic and how we live out our kingdom is Micah six eight says, "I have shown you what is required of you to do justly." to love mercy, and walk humbly with God. That's exactly it. The reign, the heart, and the way. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. So kingdom people want to live and do justice. They, they love and live mercy. And in other words, they're loving the people who don't deserve it. And they walk humbly with God. They're not concerned about, uh, they're not proud. They're not just seeking their own interests. They seek the others, and they, they know their place in light of God's great grand purposes. So the kingdom was the primary message of Jesus. And I think a lot of people, in tr- I think it's easy for churches to so focus on Jesus and then ignore his message. Somet- and I call that gospel reductionism. Uh, I know it's a bit fancy word, but gospel reductionism is when we just take the cross as the entire a part of, of Christianity. The cross is essential. You take the cross out and there's I, there's even there's crossless Christianity out there, people who who ignore the cross and just try to do good deeds. The cross is central. I'm not saying that at all. But gospel reductionism is when we take the kingdom out. We separate the king from the kingdom and it's all about just my own personal salvation and getting to heaven. It's a king without a kingdom and so um, that that's just uh, kind of a basic idea of what the kingdom is and uh, and why it's so important to uh, to the work uh, to why it's so important to the show why it's so important to really the work God is doing in this in this world the work that God's done in my life I keep coming back to this sort of idea of seeking first the kingdom of God and and so it's a good question to ask what does that mean to you what does that mean every day Lord how can I seek first your kingdom and not my kingdom. So let's challenge that a little bit. I like to challenge our ideas. And um, so what does that mean? So first off, it means that the kingdom is greater than you. So it's not my will be done. It's not what I want. It's what God wants. And so to first and foremost, we have to orient ourselves as like, what is God's will and not my will? Because God's kingdom is so much bigger than me. It's so easy when we're proud to center everything on ourselves and what <laughs> what's happening to me. Like even when someone else, you know, have you ever been in a situation where someone says something something good that's happening in their life, and rather than being happy for them, you feel sad? It's like, oh, I don't have that in my life. Oh, you're pregnant. Oh, well, I don't have any kids. Or you're you're getting married. I'm not, I'm not married. You got a promotion. Oh, my job stinks. Whatever you know, it's so easy when we wrap everything around ourselves. We 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 don't have the compassion that we need. It's also so easy to make our spiritual life and all about ourselves. We all look at your prayer list. Look at what you're praying for. Are they all about you? Are they all? And I often realize how how easily and selfish I can become because I just get thinking about myself, and that's not my kingdom. That's that, I mean, but God wants us to focus on His kingdom and not my kingdom. 
So the kingdom is greater than you. And I'm saying and I'm saying that to myself as well. The kingdom is also greater than your family. So what does that mean? So Clearly, God is a God of families. He, want, he, he sets the lonely in families. He's pro-family. But there can be, there's, it, in, some, in some ways that we're talking about family, it can become so family-centered that whatever that's right for the family becomes everything. And so there are, actually, I think there are going to be some times when God's will is not always the, makes everything better and easier for your family. Sometimes God calls us to put our family into some hard situations. We might take in a kid who's in a, uh, who's in, coming out of a difficult situation and needs a home for a while, and that might create some challenges. Or it might be that there's goals that are more important than your your goal than the goals of your family, and we have to have to set aside some of those family goals at least for certain time periods for some greater things. And so, oftentimes we so I think it's good to challenge our own assumptions about what we think about our, about our family and. Uh, think about what is even more important than our own family. Again, we love our family. We often, I find, I'm, I spend so much time trying to, you know, meeting the needs of my family. I think about them all the time. But God's kingdom is even more important than just any one family or in in my own family. So, kingdom is includes and love is loving our family, but the kingdom of God is is greater than our family. Third is the kingdom of God is greater than your church. Um, so uh, so it's, it, I just want to say, say a few things about this. There is parts of Christianity, maybe you've been, you're attending one or you know of some, where everything wraps around the identity of your one church that you attend, or maybe you're a denomination. And oftentimes we can become so focused on our church that we miss some of the bigger things that God is doing in our neighborhood, in our city, in our nation, in our world. And I, someone made a crit, who had left the church says, church only cares about itself. It's a church, he called, she called it churchianity. And, and, and I think there's, there's some truth in some, in some cases about that when the church can all is wrapped so much up in itself. And again, the churches, I absolutely believe in the local church, and I, I was a pastor myself for many years, but is the but the kingdom of God is greater than your local church. God is thinking so much bigger than any one church, and 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 our whole life cannot just wrap around one church. God is thinking so much bigger. What's what about the other churches around your around you in your neighborhood or your other churches in your city? In fact, if the vision for your church only includes your church, then I think your, the vision for your church is too small. So we need to think bigger than just our own one congregation, our own local church. Are all our friends there? Is that all we talk about? Are we just trying to get people to come to our church? Or are we thinking about what is the kingdom of God and what does God want to do in this world? So I, that's, that's a hard one to say because, again, I, was, I love the local church and I, I believe in it. But I'm also aware that the church can also be have it has sin in it and it can be dysfunctional and I I know, have many dear friends who have left the church and I understand some of their reasons and um, and I've been tempted at times at, as well and so I understand uh, some of the critique yet the sin of the church doesn't mean that the God isn't working through the local church and wants to the local church but 
God's plan is bigger than any one church. And so sometimes we have to step outside of the church at times to see how much bigger God's vision is. He's working in businesses. He's working in nonprofits. He's working in government. He's doing all these different things. Than that, it, which is so much bigger than any one church, and so just I think we have to always be careful that we don't make our our local church so such a big deal, and our our hopes rise and fall on any one church. So, again, many people have been wounded by the church, and I understand their pain, and I think sometimes when we when the church means too much um, to us, it's then we God oftentimes we have to step outside of that. So, just something to think about. And if you're just tuning in, going solo today, talking about um, the kingdom of God and what is what, this big idea that Jesus came, the central aspect of his teaching that I feel is, is worth worth uh, delving a little deeper in. Um, so we're just uh, spending some time with that. So we talked about the local church, but I also want to talk about the big church, the big church, capital C. The church is, I believe, is God's primary institution for changing society. He he loves the church and he gave Jesus laid down his life to call people to himself. But the church is not everything. It's not only just about just God's people. God is very concerned about the weak, the vulnerable and the poor and he's concerned about every sphere in society. He's redeeming all calling all things to his, himself. And so the kingdom of God is bigger than just God's people. I think sometimes we can so focus on the needs of Christians, our rights, our religious freedom, our even our and or even our even about just Christians in the world that we miss some of the big things that God is doing um, out, uh, outside of His church to redeem all things to Himself. So the church is a big deal to God, and I think, uh, but. The kingdom of God is even bigger. It's it's he actually doesn't. There isn't actually lots of conversation and and com, uh, comment about church itself and the, the institution church uh, through in in the teachings of Jesus. I mean, he established the church. He set Peter to be uh, to uh, to build the, his rock on uh, using Peter to establish the church. But still, God is working through in in all different kinds of crazy places around this planet. <laughs> this planet. Uh, to uh, even outside of the church to call him to himself. Even at, I mean, a great example is Melchizedek. I'm reading through Hebrews right now. This this priest who wasn't even a Jew, God used to bless Abraham, and I think God in many ways is using is showing his character and his glory through artists, through businesses that are you know maybe you know healing nature, people who are giving jobs to the the homeless. There's so many great things that God is doing, even through people who aren't his. So there are big things that are happening in the kingdom that might not necessarily be through the church. Now, God wants to glorify himself, especially through the church, uh, but not only just through the church. Uh, So the kingdom is greater than you, your family, your church, the church. And also, this is a big deal in America. God, the kingdom is greater than your political party. Now, if you've been on, listened to the show at all for the last couple of years, you know that I've tried to be non uh, nonpartisan, and I believe God is bigger than any one political party. And there can be such a deep our our country can be so divided, especially over politics, that we create this us versus them. And I think the role of peacemaker calls us to look outside of those only those two categories. 
and to build bridges of understanding. But often are, the, there's such a strong messaging that our political party is is right and theirs is wrong, not just wrong, but even evil, that it's a huge division. And I just think we need more and more people to step in to outside of the uh, outside of only thinking about two two ways of thinking and uh and but thinking about the kingdom of god and if if there are people on different from multiple political parties who want to help the homeless then we need to live out the kingdom of god and work together to do that and so we need to find those bridge builders um that aren't just embedded in one political party you know and so it's not that we can't have political views and we can't think deeply about these things and think about what god wants to do in our nation and our government but I think it's also it's really important that that the, we understand that the kingdom is bigger than any one political party. Um, so, and fi- and the, finally, just that the kingdom is bigger than any one nation. So, if the kingdom is bigger than your country, that's right. The kingdom is bigger than America. God does not. This is, watch it now. I'm going to check. <laughs> I might get, <laughs> get quoted on this, but God does not need America to accomplish His kingdom. God doesn't need. Uh, me, doesn't need my family, doesn't need my local church, uh, doesn't need my political party, whatever that is, uh, to accomplish his kingdom, because his kingdom is so much bigger. He's doing a great work around this world. He's doing work in China. God's work doing great work in uh, in Iran. God's doing great work in sub-Saharan Africa, like an incredibly growing church across Africa, all kinds of things. Even in Afghanistan, when America left, God is doing some great things. We had guests on the show talking about that. God is bigger than any one nation, and he doesn't need, um, he doesn't need uh, our, <laughs> our passports or what he, you know, our nation in order to accomplish his purposes. And so national identity, it's a problem. Uh, I, we, should, we should be great citizens. We should, it's nothing wrong in loving your country, nothing wrong with voting, even serving in politics. Again, we need Christians in every sphere of politics that are going to live out the kingdom. But just put put those things in perspective that 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 when we and the watching out for the danger of nationalism, where we put the nation above the kingdom, when we put whatever is the, what's right for our country over what's right for for the kingdom of God, and they're not always the same because uh, sometimes our nation's messed up and sometimes our party's messed up sometimes our church is messed up sometimes our family's messed up and God's kingdom can transcend and speak into that and bring healing so the kingdom is just transcends these categories and i think it's always important to put things up to our king, to the kingdom um what is our greatest love do we seek first the kingdom of god we need to look at our affections and affinities, and wonder, um, and and say, what do we really love? Do we? Is it the flag? Is it the American flag that stirs our greatest love, or is it the kingdom of God? Is it? Do we hold? Do we? Talk, what do we talk about the most? What are we? Where are we? Where are we separating ourselves? What is our battlegrounds? Is it? Oftentimes, they can be on the wrong things. And uh, the kingdom should challenge us. And I'm saying that to myself. I'm not saying as someone who has this all figured out. But I think it's always good to check our affections and our affinities to see, uh, are we seeking first the kingdom of God? I think a great example of that is Daniel and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went in, they were hostages in Babylon. 
and they chose to be they honored the they honored Nebuchadnezzar, they honored the leadership, and even though they were being oppressed, they still honored them, but but they watched their affections uh, towards the, the their, their surrounding culture and they kept what they they remained their their great loyalty to to the to one true God. So it's so we have to constantly check ourselves and we find that our bonds are should be kingdom bonds and not just bonds uh, that r- rally around because we're fellow patriots, or we're, or we all go to the same church. Let's find, let's find those bonds of kingdom. So let's go back to that room again in Siberia, and I, so let's ask that question: What would is there anything that we need to say we can let go of? What are what are those things that that are in our lives that that maybe we are we that we could challenge us and say, is this? Do I really need this? How can we seek first the kingdom of God? So to be counterculture. I just say that. I say that. I go back again. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I want that so much for you, my friend. You've taken the time to listen to this, and I appreciate you and for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.